the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Well, welcome to another edition of the Larry Rosenthal Show with Larry Rosenthal himself. Good morning, sir. Well, good morning, Chris, and how are you today? Well, it's been a hot few days, you know, but enjoying the summer and enjoying the out of doors. How about you? <laughs> the same, the same. Yeah. It happens every time this year, doesn't it? That's right. It's vacation time. People are kind of relaxed and just enjoying the weather. Yeah. It's yeah, been yeah. warm. It's been a little bit warm this week, but, you know, even so, it's still kind of nice to be outside. This and, too shall pass. Give it a handful of weeks. That's yeah. the good thing about mid-Atlantic uh, coast uh, states, right? Yeah. Yeah, you never know. It's always changing. It's Wait always five changing. minutes, the weather's different. That's true. Right. <laughs> well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Making Money Sense, the Larry Rosenthal Show here. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. We'll put the phone number out there right away if you'd like to get on air with any of your financial planning or investment questions, estate planning, whatever it may be. You know, there's been some new information out this past week here about Medicare's uh, uh, solvency, you know, oh, some, yeah. some some information here. Uh, Medicare may possibly run out of money in 2029, while Social Security seems to be solvent through 2034. And the news just goes on and on about it all in the different articles and things. But, you know, at the end of the day here, it's going to end up being political jockeying around with a big, big, long calculator to see how to fix it, how to make it work. Do we tax more? Do we do we reduce benefits? Do we do means testing? What exactly is going to ultimately happen at the end of the day here in 2017? When you're working with your financial advisor and these questions come up, they should come up by by your financial advisor. But if they don't, please bring them up. Make sure that you put into your financial plan at some point during your retirement years some sort of a cash flow scenario that, that allots you to pay for unpaid medical expenses or additional Medicare premiums or, 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 or something along those lines there, just a miscellaneous expense to cover health care costs down the road. You know, Chris, right now, between Medicare and Social Security in 2016, which is the latest data, it comprises 42% of the federal, spend, federal uh, program spending. That's a big number. Which is a very large amount. Almost half is going out to that. And currently, we have on the average 10,000 people a day turning 65. And that's going to continue for about another 11 years. In addition to that, we have about 10,000 people a day turning 70 and a half. And that trend is going to continue for about another 24 years. So when you take a look at the demographics of the baby boomers aging through 
you know, the, the, the system, the, these numbers can get very, very large. And that's why when you're working with your financial planner or doing it yourself, you need to make sure that you're, you're, you're accounting for, for some you know, slush fund money down the road when it comes to all this. Now, I'm not saying that, that these programs are going to end by any means. I certainly don't believe that they will. I'm just simply saying that we need to plan for, for, for something, you know, some miscellaneous expense spending or, and things like that inside your financial plan. So you're recommending to have uh, like a Medicaid supplement or something like that or just well, your insurance or? Well, Chris, when people turn 65, they go on Medicare and they get Part A and Part B. And Part B covers uh, 80% of medical expenses. And, yes, you should get a supplement that picks up the other 20%. Absolutely, you should. But that's another premium that you have to look at paying. And they're already tweaking some of the, the cost on, on what you're paying with Medicare, depending on your your tax returns, how much you made the prior two years and things like that. So we're seeing some means testing come into the system already with it. But, you know, just sort of be aware that that over the, you know, in the future, uh, something's going to have to change with it all. You know, maybe we'll grow our way out of it. Maybe we won't. But at the end of the day, you know, another another handful of years down the road, 20, uh, what was it, 2029 for uh, Medicare and then 2034 for Social Security. So at some point, there's going to be some changes made. That's all. Just want to sort of point it out. You know, you, you, you sit down, you work with somebody who might be 65, 70 years old today. 2034 is not that far off. When you no. really stop stop and take a look at longevity of, of you know our lifespans, and they've got to somehow make these solid programs in the future in one way or another. They'll fix it, is what you're saying, but we just don't know how. It, yeah, it's going to be fixed one way or the another. You know, there there might be a, a firewall drawn that says, hey, if you're born between you know this age or, or later or whatever it may be that year or whatever, then you know this is the new program, or there's no changes from this program on. You know, it just all depends. But my point is that when you're sitting down with your financial advisor. Make sure if you're doing it yourself and you're running your spreadsheet, make sure that you're sitting down and you're accomplishing for, you know, you're, you're accounting for some, I'll just call it miscellaneous spending items when, when it comes down in, into the healthcare area there. So all kinds of stats out about it. And just make sure you include these types of things in your financial plan. Well, indeed, indeed. I think that's a good place for us to take a quick break. We will be back with more of the Larry Rosenthal Show in just a little bit. Stay tuned. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Housing prices and interest rates have started to move up. This may be your last chance to take advantage of low rates and housing bargains. If you're considering purchasing a home within the next year, you need to call Troy Turow at McLean Mortgage First to take advantage of his Loan First program. This can give you a winning bid over the competition, even when you come up against cash offers. The Loan First program will have you fully pre-approved so that you understand all aspects of your loan before you start looking for your dream home. Buy in confidence when you have your Loan First certificate, which shows the seller your loan is already pre-approved and they can avoid any unnecessary negative surprises at settlement. Troy's been helping homeowners for over 20 years in the D.C metro area and he and his team are ready to help you call him today at 571-490-7117 that's 571-490-7117 for your loan first pre-approved certificate 571-490-7117 or simply visit his website at anyhomeloans.com Remember, you want control when you're making an offer on a home. Get your loan first certificate. Call Troy Turow at McLean Mortgage, 571-490-7117. 
Treasurer and McLean Mortgage Corporations in MLS number 5618 and 99665. Well, welcome back to the Larry Rosenthal Show. If you'd like to dial in, here's our phone number, 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123. More with Larry Rosenthal. Here we go. Chris, over the years, we've talked a lot about growing your assets, protecting your assets, having your assets distribute dependable streams of income from reliable sources in a tax-efficient manner to maintain your standard of living, and then passing assets on to your heirs and or charities. So, so oftentimes the, the question comes up, well, how do we know if our investments are, are working properly for us when we want to start turning them into income streams? And there's a handful of different ways to do this. There, there's really no right, wrong, or, or, or ways to do it. It's, it's a matter of timing and how you can do it. You obviously want to set yourself up to reduce risk when you're in the distribution phase or, or it's time to get into an income phase. So some, of the, so, some people... Uh, you know, subscribe to different theories on it all and, and everything. And I just sort of want to break this down because this question comes up oftentimes. It comes up when, I, when I'm going around the country and I'm teaching other financial advisors about financial planning, working with clients. It comes up with, with clients as well. And, and over the years, we have many calls on, on the radio show about this. But how do you best, you know, put your money into different buckets or do you keep it all in one bucket when it's time to start withdrawing your assets? And so sort of think in your mind's eye today about maybe having a short-term bucket, a mid-term bucket, and a long-term bucket. Where the short-term bucket, you might need that money to start giving you income in two to three years. And then the mid-term might be three to ten years and long-term over ten years. So the question then becomes, you know, each each little bucket of your money will be invested differently for those types of timetables. So the question then becomes determining your withdrawals. And there's all kinds of studies out there, Chris, on you should not withdraw more than 5% or 4% or 3%. And these studies are changing constantly based off of life expectancy, based off of inflation rates, taxes, market performance, all types of things. So the most popular scenario out there is the four-year rule. You know, and according to this, um, I'm sorry, the 4% rule, and according to this strategy, you basically initially withdraw 4% of your portfolio, and you increase the amount annually to account for inflation. Some people consider it to be a little too aggressive. Some people say, no, it's just right. So you might withdraw less depending on your personal situation. If you don't need the money, then why withdraw it just to pay tax on it and stick it in your checking account? That doesn't make sense. So kind of a rule there is is take a look at the 4% distribution rule. Another strategy to withdraw money is something that's that's called, it's like an endowment method where you automatically adjust for market performance. So it's sort of like the 4% rule, but the endowment method begins with an initial withdrawal of a fixed percentage, usually between 3 and 5%, hence the 4% rule, right? So in subsequent years, the same percentage uh, same fixed percentage is applied to the remaining assets. So the actual withdrawal amount may go up or down depending on the previous with withdrawals and the market performance. So, so you might, you might have uh, a, a year where you're getting you know, 7% return on your money, and then the following year you're going to take 4% of your base amount, your principal, plus the 7%, plus 4% of the 7% growth. So as the markets and the economy is expanding and the markets are going up, you'll find yourself getting a raise in your retirement years. 
Now, some people will say, well, wait a minute, I'd rather let it sit there and recompound, and that's one thing that you can do as well. So I have clients that do a lot of the different scenarios depending on their situation and their needs, but one of the decisions that people have to make, and it can be changed all the time, is you know stop and think to yourself, for, for people that are growing their assets, your, your attitude is grow, grow, grow my money, right, and, and to the point where, now what do we do? So once you start to embark on the distribution stage when you're withdrawing your money to supplement your retirement needs, what is the strategy? You need to have a strategy. Do you just simply take a fixed dollar amount? Do you embark on an endowment method? You've really got to lean into this subject and you really got to understand how the different methods will affect your principal balance in good years as well as in bad years when the market's down. So you really need to stop down and, and sit down and, and, and talk with the, your financial advisor and, and understand how these programs will work in your family situation. Thanks for listening to the Larry Rosenthal Show. We're going to take five and talk a little bit about Youth for Tomorrow. We'll be back in just a minute. Stay tuned. Our phone number is 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Remember those kids that you keep your kids away from? Those kids that society doesn't seem to know what to do with? That kid you saw on the street corner last week? Remember that kid that, well, you feel sorry for, the dropout, the pregnant teen, the drug addict. Those are the kids that Youth for Tomorrow wants to reach. And Youth for Tomorrow has reached nearly 800 children since opening its doors in 1986. That's 800 young men and women helped to become responsible and effective members of society. The founder and chairman of Youth for Tomorrow, former Washington Redskins coach and current NASCAR team owner Joe Gibbs, says if we don't do what we can to influence our young people, there are plenty of others who will in the wrong direction. For more information about Youth for Tomorrow, call 703-368-7995 or go to youthfortomorrow.org. You can help turn a negative into a positive. Call 703-368-7995 or go to youthfortomorrow.org. Gotta love the music. Yoo-hoo. You're listening to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense with Larry Rosenthal. If you'd like to dial in, our phone number is 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123. Larry. Sure, Chris. You know, some new information's out. Uh, this is at the end of 2016 in a confidence survey by the Employee Benefit Research Institute. And um, a good numbers. I'm glad to see this percentage of households who own a Roth IRA. In 2001, 9.8% of households owned a Roth IRA. Today, well, at the end of 2015, because the data came out last year, it's the latest we have, 16.3% own Roth IRAs. Now, that's not an overwhelming amount, but at the same time, it is growing. I like to see that number because it lets it lets me see that people are understanding the importance of tax allocation strategies. And there's a couple of different ways that you can get money into a Roth IRA. One way is you can just make a contribution to the Roth IRA. If your income's 
eligible for it. In other words, if you make too much money, then it, the tax code does not allow you to make a contribution to a Roth IRA. <clears throat> In that case, you would have to make a contribution to a traditional IRA that's non-deductible and then convert it over into a Roth. And that's a whole little series there. Another popular way to get money into Roth IRAs is after you retire and, quote-unquote, your income goes down, people will then start taking little pieces of their traditional IRAs and converting them over into Roth IRAs. For example, for at age 60, you might say, you know what, I want to convert $100,000 into my Roth IRA. But if you did it at that age, in this example, you'd have to pay income taxes on all 100000 but at the same time, if you said, you know what, I'm going to take 10000 a year over the next 10 years and convert little tiny pieces to the Roth IRA, then you do series of little tiny conversions. And hopefully that little $10,000 doesn't bump you up into a higher tax bracket. So at the end of 10 years, now you've converted 100000 over into Roth. And now in your 70s and 80s, you can start enjoying tax-free distributions from that money as well as the growth on those dollars. In addition to that, now you have prepared some tax-free inheritance for your heirs also. So a handful of ways to get money, three different ways basically to get money into Roth IRAs for future tax-free income for yourselves as well as tax-free inheritance down the road. And remember that, that when, when we put money into investments, taking a look at the tax allocation strategies, the IRS views our money through four different tax lenses, taxable, or tax deductible, like what a lot of people put into their retirement plans. And while it's there, there's no taxes until you pull the money out. Then we have tax deferred and non-deductible and then tax exempt or tax free. So you've heard of asset allocation many times. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Now we're talking about tax allocation strategy. So at the end of the day, I'm glad to see the, uh, you know, uh, the source here is the Investment Company Institute uh, came out in 2016 talking about the amount of dollars that are now going or the amount of households that are now owning Roth IRAs, which is increasing. So that's good news from the standpoint of tax allocation strategy in your retirement uh, income years. So, Chris, we spend lots of time, hours and hours on this show every, you know, every year. And we're talking about money and assets and growing them and protecting them and taxes and estate planning and everything like that. And 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 people listening, they're always they're thinking about you know how can I get my money working better for me? How can I save? How can I reduce debt and things like that? And we need to keep it in perspective. It, it always comes back to that. And Ecclesiastes five ten it says, whoever loves money never has enough money. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with his income. This too is meaningless. We need to keep our eyes on heavenly things rather than worldly things and understand that the worldly things that we do have are gifts from God and we need to figure out how to use them to further his kingdom. You know, what what crops are we producing? What How are we growing uh, for, for his glory ultimately anyway? And money can be a good tool used properly to help accomplish all of that. Oh, absolutely true. Absolutely true, Larry. I totally agree with that. Thanks for listening to the Larry Rosenthal Show. That music in the background means time for another break we will be back in just a moment with more of the larry rosenthal show hang in there you are listening to making money sense live with larry rosenthal phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855 rose 123 that's 855-767-3123 more making money sense in a moment 
Have you ever wanted to be part of something big? Nonprofit organization called Stars Children Africa. Do you want to be a part of something that changes a child's life? Orphans who are high school age who would not have a chance to get education otherwise. Now you can be part of something that brings hope. What we do is we actually pay for the school fees. For about the cost of a new suit, you can change an orphan's future for a whole year. We pay for the school fees, and that averages around $500 to $550 a year total. That means food, lodging, the teaching, the education part, the the uniform, that whole thing. Call now, 703-201-2494, or go to starschildrenafrica.org. For a dollar and a half a day, one child would be educated for that year in high school. 703-201-2494. Call right now. For $500 a year, you can change an orphan's life. 703-201-2494. Welcome back. You are listening to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense with Larry Rosenthal himself. Lots of calls in here. We're going to get to here now with Larry. 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123. Let's shoot on over to Maryland and welcome Jackie on the line. Good morning, Jackie. How are you today? I'm fine. How can I help you? Uh, I would like to retire, and I want to know, how do you determine how much you need? That's a great question. That is one of the most frequently asked questions that I get all of the time. And here's the answer to it. Let's back into it this way in a very simple way, Jackie. First question is, do you like your current standard of living today? And if the answer is yes, then we say, okay, when you – I'm sorry? I'm here. Okay. Yeah, and if the answer is yes, you know, hey, Larry, I like my current standard of living right now. Then we'll say, okay, well, how much money gets deposited into your checking account every week or every two weeks or whatever the frequency is from your from your paycheck? You know, after taxes come out and 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 four hundred one k contributions and all that, how much how much money comes into your your household net that you're living off of? That's the amount of money that we need to figure out how to generate. So, for example, let's suppose that on a monthly basis, just to do math easy, you have $5,000 a month that comes into your household, and you're living off of that. And let's suppose you're, you're, you're living off of, say, 4000 of that each month. That means you're saving 1000 but you're only needing four. So if we just take you know, the, the, that number, about $48,000, um, then the question becomes how much money do we need in a large lump sum, let's say at a reasonable rate of withdrawal or reasonable interest rate, let's say 4%, you need about $1.2 million in retirement dollars at 4% interest is going to generate $48,000 a year to you um, uh, for, for your income. Now, that's pre-tax, but you're also going to get some Social Security and some other things, but that's the general way that you go about looking into it. Then the next part of the question is 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 this is what are your current expenses allocated to today versus where they're going to be allocated to down the road when you want to retire let's suppose for example you have 10 years until you retire but within that 10 year period of time you may have no more car payments okay 
because let's suppose you, you, you're going to buy a new car now and then you're going to pay it off and then suppose you're going to carry a, a, a car into retirement with no car payments. Um, but then again, remember, in retirement years, Jackie, people tend to buy three new cars because if you buy a new car every seven years and you live for 21 years in retirement, that's three new cars. So we have to allocate spending towards cars in retirement. We also have to take a look at your living arrangements. Are you going to carry a mortgage into retirement or are you not going to carry a mortgage into retirement? And if so, we need to allocate that as well. So your spending today is going to be a little bit different than your spending in retirement years. So we have to sort of look down the road and around the corner. We, we, we do this through our financial plan. Uh, you can go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and click on the, the video right there on the front page that demonstrates how this is done in a financial plan. But that's the, the starting question, the answers to, to your question. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So yeah, what, it's a lot to think about. It is a lot to think about, and I've got, I've got some literature that I can send you out. I, I'm going to send you out our financial planning toolkit if you like. It's free. There's no charge for it or anything like that. We've sent out thousands and thousands of these over the years. And essentially, Jackie, it's going to help you assess that those those questions and do so, some some number gathering for you. And it's really going to get you pointed down the road to really discovering this question for yourself, for you and your family. Okay, because you have to stop and look at at what are your what's your ability to save money today? What where can you save money at today in in, a, in an employer retirement plan or in your own plans? And, and, and teach you about allocating all that stuff around. So if you like, I'll put you on hold, and we'll get uh, your email information, and we'll, we'll send it out to you, okay? Okay. Let's, uh, let's shoot on down to Virginia and welcome Kay on the line. Good morning, Kay. How are you today? Uh, good morning, Larry. Uh, my question is this. Uh, my son has uh, insurance money that he's received, uh, and it's a fair amount. Uh, we don't want to just put it in a regular bank. Uh, he... Uh, hasn't really decided exactly what he wants to do as far as school is concerned, uh, that is college. Uh, and so we want to make the most of our money uh, through interest and, and such and want to know what's the best way in which we can um, save and earn interest on this money until he's ready to use it. Okay, how old is your son? Okay, he's 20. Okay, and there's a chance he could go to school? Yes. Well, if if that's the case, then then you know what I don't want you to do is 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 lose any of the money. I don't know how much it is, but I don't want you to lose any of the money by putting it into the markets and then the market go down and then he says, "Hey, I want to pull some money out and go to college, or or, or whatever school he wishes to go to." So that that's um, one of the things that I don't want you to do. So I would take a look at this I would say you know trying to envision this on uh, on uh, the radio let's just particular let's just uh, picture that there's a ruler there you know 12 inch long ruler and on on where it says one inch that's that's the bank you know very conservative not paying anything at all and and principles guaranteed and then all the way over to the right on the rulers 12 inch mark where it's it's uh, very volatile crazy risky investments in the stock market fair enough so we just got a little spectrum there in, in your mind's eye here on the on the radio so if we put the money in the bank where the one inch mark is on the rule obviously today there's really not a lot of growth there and you will lose to purchasing power 
But as we move across the right, to the right side of this ruler to the 2-inch, the 3-inch, and the 4-inch mark, we can take a little bit of the money and spread it around. Maybe we, maybe we keep 50% of the money in the bank today in case he decides to go to college next semester. Maybe we, maybe we move 20, 25% or 20% of it to the 2-inch mark, maybe another 20% to the 3-inch mark, and so forth and so on. Do you see what I mean? Yes. That that way, collectively, you're going to get a rate of return. But also, collectively, you, collectively, you should get a better rate of return than the bank. But collectively, you're not putting as m- all the money at risk because you've got fifty percent of it sort of housed in the bank for short-term needs. Does that sort of paint a picture on how we want to do that? Okay. Okay. Well, so, so. Pardon me. Oh, go ahead. So, so now the next question is, well, what are these investments and where do we put the money, right? Exactly. That's exactly right. So, so now we have to take a look at the, the risk spectrum across the board of the different types of investments to find out what's appropriate for your acceptance level of risk. That's where we would need to sit down and sort of say, you know, this type of investment carries this risk and this is the purpose of it and that type of investment has that type of risk. But all in all, I would probably recommend – um, some bonds, some laddering of bonds where you can <clears throat> put the money away for a short period of time and then the bonds mature back at the original par value so they're, they're, uh, and you get a little bit of interest along the way. Um, also some bond mutual funds, you know, some of them are paying, you know, four and a half, five percent interest right now with very, you know, a little bit of fluctuation in principle. So you've you got to be aware and educated on the different types of investment vehicles that you want to do. I can send you out some information on that and sort of get you started. But really, the, 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 I'm going to put the questions back to you because you're really going to dictate, based off of the answers of a few questions, how the money should be invested. And that is, you know, what is the real risk level that you're willing to accept? Um, is there enough money there now? I don't know how much it is. Where, where if he wanted to go to college, all of it's paid for, all the money's sitting there. Now we don't need to risk as much. Maybe just get a little tiny bit of interest on it all. Do you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because you, you you don't want it to back up and go the other way and go. Oh no! Well, well, you know, we now we've lost the fourth year of school because the the market's moved against us. You don't want to do that. I'm a big fan on. Hey, if the bill is thirty thousand dollars and I've got thirty thousand dollars in the bank, then it's staying there because I'm not going to risk losing that opportunity, especially for an education. It's different with retirement planning, Kay, because you can say, all right, you know, I'm 61 years old today and I want to retire at 65. And then when you're 64, you go, you know what, I think I'm going to work another year just because this, that, and the other. That's not really that big of an issue, but it's a bigger issue when you're looking at a child going to college and saying, you know what, we need to defer it now because the markets didn't cooperate. That's a bigger issue. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Okay, if you like, I'll be happy to send you out some information on the differences between, you know, banks and some of these bond funds and stuff for, for the college funding for him. And and by the way, I would probably not suggest putting it into a 529 college plan at this point because it is all market-based. I don't know the risk that you're willing to, to select. And you're not sure that he's going to use the money for college. So if you pulled the money out, you'd have a, a 10% tax penalty plus taxes on the growth if it's not used for college education ex- expenses. So I would probably look at not putting it into a 529 plan right now mm-hmm. until okay. you're convinced that he's that he's going to go to school, okay? Okay. 
All right, let me put you on hold, and we'll send some of the information out to you. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Back in a moment with more of your phone calls. Listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855 Rose 123. That's 855 767 3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Housing prices and interest rates have started to move up. This may be your last chance to take advantage of low rates and housing bargains. If you're considering purchasing a home within the next year, you need to call Troy Turow at McLean Mortgage First to take advantage of his Loan First program. This can give you a winning bid over the competition, even when you come up against cash offers. The Loan First program will have you fully pre-approved so that you understand all aspects of your loan before you start looking for your dream home. Buying confidence when you have your Loan First certificate, which shows the seller your loan is already pre-approved, and they can avoid any unnecessary negative surprises at settlement. Troy's been helping homeowners for over 20 years in the D.C. metro area, and he and his team are ready to help you. Call him today at 571-490-7117. That's 571-490-7117 for your loan first pre-approved certificate, 571-490-7117, or simply visit his website at anyhomeloans.com. Remember, you want control when you're making an offer on a home. Get your loan first certificate. Call Troy Turow at McLean Mortgage, 571-490-7117. Troy Turow and McLean Mortgage Corporations, NMLS number 5618 and 99665. You're listening to the Larry Rosenthal Show. If you'd like to dial in, here's a phone number for you, 855-767-3123, to talk to Larry Rosenthal, our financial and retirement expert, here in studio. Again, that number, 855-767-3123. Larry? Sure, Chris. So we were talking a little bit about purchasing power earlier today, and and let's talk a little bit about inflation now and purchasing power as it relates to your your dollars down the road. It's very important. And, and you know, they say that one of the silent killers in financial planning and investment strategies is inflation because it just erodes away your dollars year after year, and you don't really realize it until – down the road, you're going, hey, you know, this stuff's getting more and more expensive, and my 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 paycheck's not going as far anymore. So let's take a look at at, at inflation and and define it a little bit. Talk about the importance of including it in your your financial plan, uh, whether it's college or retirement planning. Now everybody knows inflation, you know, erodes your dollars away, and they don't really pay too much attention to it, and and blah blah blah, but. It's important. I'm going to throw out some numbers here to give you an example of how important it is to monitor your investment performance after taxes, fees, and inflation, because that's a net dollar that you and I as investors get to take to the store and buy our goods and services with or retire on or put our kids or grandkids through college. So the Consumer Price Index, CPI, you know, is, is uh, it's done by the Bureau of Labor Statistics. And there's two types of inflation that I want to talk about this morning. Headline inflation, which basically represents the change for a price of a bundle of, of normal goods and, and services that you and I every day are out, out consuming. And then there's core inflation, and that excludes energy and food. 
Okay, so there's there's two types of inflation numbers that are floating around out there. And the issue now is that that money in the banks, money in in the average six month CD. And and I'm going to use some stats here uh, from from the end of 2015. But but the 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 money in 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 CDs aren't keeping pace with inflation by itself, let alone taxes on top of the little bit of interest that we get. For example, if we understand, if, if we go back in time and take a look in 2006, the average six-month CD at that point was paying 5.13%. Now, how many of us would like to get a CD today at 5%, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, okay, thank you very absolutely. Much. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, if you were in a, in a federal tax rate, not including the state, but just a federal income tax rate of 25%, your after-tax return is 385 then minus inflation that year of 2.54, your real rate of return is 1.3%. So at the beginning of 2006, had you invested a $1,000 in a CD, you'd end up after tax and inflation with purchasing power of $1,013. Yay, you were a winner, right? Because we outpaced taxes and inflation. But remember, bank CD rates go up and down as the Fed changes their interest rates. Today, at least at the end of 2015, the average CD, six-month CD in the bank was 0.27%. So had we continued to stay in the same 25% tax bracket, after taxes, we'd be at 0.21. However, inflation today is very, very low. And this is the this is where people are going, oh, well, that's not a big deal because inflation's low today. It doesn't really matter. Ah, but this is where I jump in and say, hold on a second, it does. Let me give you the pure numbers, and then I'll tell you, I'll go on my little soapbox and tell you why you need to pay attention to your purchasing power, your purchases, and not necessarily the Smiths or the Jones down the street, right? Because inflation back then was running at 0.73%, so we were only down 0.52. In other words, if we had put $1,000 into a CD in January of 2015, the average six-month CD, at the end of the year, we'd have our purchasing power of $950, getting a negative rate of return. That's not good, is it? No. No, not at all. But I would submit to you this, that, that all in all, some families have different rates of inflation. Okay? You know, where you spend your money, Chris... Is, is different than where I spend my money. Now, we Teenagers probably spend that, our right? money on, on 85, 90% of the same stuff, you know, toothpaste and bread and milk and utilities and fuel and all that kind of stuff, right? But it's when you spend your discretionary funds is different. You know, I enjoy going to the movies, you know? It's, 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 it's funny, you know, the, the price of a movie, you know, I mean, come on, I gotta stop going and wait for it to come out on Netflix now. Right. I mean, you stop and think about where, where you spend your discretionary funds is different where other people spend theirs. And, and that's what impacts. How about those packs? Refreshments at the movie. Those are expensive. <laughs> that's, that's inflation there. The they sure are. You know, I never figured that out, but, but uh, they, they, they definitely are. So, but my point is this, is that when we stop and take a look at just breaking down the three core asset classes, cash, bonds, and equities, you'll understand here now that, that cash and bonds are what we call loanership dollars. In other words, you're loaning your money to somebody. You're taking your money and you're putting it in the bank. 
they're doing something else with it. They're lending it out to other people, and they're giving you a small rate of return on it. Now, that's the way it works. My point is that it tr traditionally does not, out not outpace taxes and inflation. So aggregately, all of your money needs to outpace both taxes and inflation and, and the hidden investment fees too, because those are the dollars that you get to take to the, you know, to take to the grocery store to live off of. So it's important that you really understand inflation. You know, here's another way to sort of hit hit the the, the inflation conversation. If you have a 40 year old who's making a hundred thousand dollars today. In order for that 40-year-old to have the same purchasing power when they're 63, they need to be making $200,000. And now in order for that person when they're 63 to have the same purchasing power when they're 86, they need to be making $400,000 of income. That's how much inflation can erode your dollars away, and that's where you have to double up your income every, you know, whatever, tw uh, 23 years with a 3.5% inflation rate. Mm -hmm. So it's important to really understand that because you want to make sure that when you go to the grocery store and you give them some money today and you get 15 pieces of bread in your, in your, in your loaf of bread, that a year from now you give them the same money, you still get the 15 pieces, right? <laughs> you want to make sure that you don't end up with 13 pieces of bread, right? <laughs> okay. So, so that's really uh, uh, important when it comes to uh, def defining, defining things. And inflation pressures in people's investment accounts is one of the least – talked about all the time it's amazing to me how people don't really sit down and really analyze inflation you know when we run out financial plans for people we'll sit there we'll run out the financial plan at three and a half percent inflation three point seven percent inflation and you know and, and show them the difference and a lot of people will go well that's too high you know inflation's not that high today but you know what it will revert back to the mean it usually does Mm -hmm. So make sure that you, you do your inflation calculations and your financial planning appropriately. You know, there's another very, type of inflation important. too, right? You've heard the saying that the only difference between men and boys is the price of their toys, right? So toys get inflated over time. You buy expensive things. you got to plan for those expensive items too, right? <laughs> nothing they but, do. Nothing they but absolutely do. So, you know, that, that, that's all part of, of, of the planning on, you know what, sit down and figure out what it's going to cost to, to, to retire plan. in the yeah, lifestyle yeah. that you want to retire in. Exactly. Let's welcome Carol on the line from Springfield. Good morning, Carol. How are you today? Good morning, Larry. I'm fine. Thank you. Question with regard to uh, taking money out of your IRA when you're required to take the required minimum distribution. Must the money come out of the uh, IRA, or if you have that cash on hand, can you use the cash to pay uh, the withdrawal? Um, my, my point is one where I'm getting a favorable interest rate on the money that I have in the IRA, uh, and I would prefer not to reduce the amount since I can't put anything back into it. What would be the, the well, Carol, you have a couple of choices here. First of all, the answer to your question specifically is the money must come out of the IRA. Okay. Okay. So, so you can't say, um, you know, if if you're supposed to take ten thousand dollars out of your IRA for required distribution and pay taxes on it, let's say your taxes are in a thirty percent bracket, so you got three grand, you just can't send three grand of money in and say, hey, I'm going to cover this. It must come out of the IRA. 
Okay. Okay. Now, here's a scenario, though, that a lot of people aren't familiar with. Let's suppose you have two IRAs, IRA A and IRA B. And IRA A has a smaller amount in it, and you're supposed to withdraw, let's say, 5000 for your required minimum distribution. And IRA B has a larger amount in it, and you're supposed to withdraw 10000 So you're supposed to take out a collective amount of $15,000 and pay taxes on it in that scenario, right? Yeah. You can take all of the money out of IRA A and nothing out of IRA B if you want to and pay the taxes that way. You just have to take a minimum required amount out of all of your IRAs collectively, whether you take it out of one or take a little bit out of each one of them. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Uh, it's not the answer I was hoping for, but it makes sense. Sorry. Thank you, thank you so much for your help. <laughs> You're welcome. Have a great weekend. Appreciate Bye-bye. the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123 on any subject matter at all. Give us a call, 855-767-3123. Oh, you had the wrong answer there, Larry. You made her unhappy. <laughs> I kept her out of jail, right? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> not, not jail. I'm just kidding. Kept her out of tax problems. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Got to pay it. You know, and, and the system is, is set up here, in case she's still listening, the system is set up so that when the IRA custodian actually distributes the money, they send you a 1099 and copy the IRS on it. That's how the system does its checks and balances. Um, that's pretty much why it needs to come out. You know, and, and, and another scenario is why do you have to take money out of your required accounts, out, out of your IRA accounts? And the answer is because you've gotten years and years of tax-deferred growth, compound interest on tax-deferred growth, and now it's time to pay a little bit of that money, right? That's what the, 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 the ruling is on mm-hmm, it all. Mm-hmm. That's why. So it's kind of interesting, though, if, if, if you stop and think about how if if they defer the the age seventy and a half, let's say to age seventy five, the IRS will end up even making more money down the road because it's just going to be getting a a, a more a, compound interest. More that's right. exactly right. Okay. Yep, the people you and I as investors will make more, and so will they. So it's interesting, you know, just depending on the way that you take a look at it. Uh, when it comes to required minimum distributions. On the other side of that required minimum distribution conversation too, Chris, if you do not take the money out, let's suppose in Carol's case here she's supposed to take out $10,000 as an example and pay taxes on it. If she does not take that money out, she has a 50% tax penalty on the $10,000 plus income taxes on the money that should have come out anyway. So she's looking at $5,000 plus maybe another three, almost 80%. You know, when you stop and take a look at it. So it's important to really understand you've got to do your RMDs, required minimum distributions, to avoid that 50% tax. So when they say 70 and a half, because that's the number, right? You have to be, is it 70 and a half? Is that correct? Actually, you have until April 1st of the year following in which you turn 70 and a half. But okay, yes. so you've got that whole year. you got to kind of make sure that you. If you defer the first year, you got to take two to second. But anyway, 70 and a half is the rule. So what's your question? No, that's, that's the, you answered it. That's what I was wanting to know is this, if yep. you could wait a little while there if you had to. Yep, you can. You can. And also an, an overlooked thing, too, is when someone passes with IRA money and it's going to go to another heir, say a spouse or a non-spousal beneficiary, maybe kids or something like that, the IRA uh, owner, even though they may be deceased, has to satisfy the RMD that year before the money can be dispersed. Oh, oh, okay. Yes. So there's an extra little you gotcha. know, form a lot of times that, that has to happen, too. That's correct. So, 
the the tax rules around IRAs, you know, owning an IRA, having an IRA is a wonderful, wonderful investment uh, opportunity and investment arrangement, okay? Um, understanding the rules can be quite complex, and most people don't understand the different rules. You know, if, if you were to pass over or under 70 and a half, there's different tax rules that your beneficiaries can, can uh, uh, claim. Um, if money's going to a spouse or a non-spousal beneficiary, there's different tax rules. As a matter of fact, there's sort of a matrix that I have in my office, the, the eight different scenarios. If, if Mr. is over 70 and a half and Mrs. is under 70 and a half, there's one set of tax rules you can play by. If Mr.'s under and she's over, there's a different set of tax oh, rules really? you can play by. Yep. And then if it goes to a non-spousal beneficiary and all kinds of stuff. But anyway, a lot of different tax rules that you really need to understand on that stuff in order to minimize the taxation uh, impact when it uh, when, when money comes out of retirement plans. As a matter of fact, money usually comes out of retirement plans only three times in somebody's life. One is when they run out of other money that's less taxing. Let's, let's assume that you have two piles of money, Chris. You have a pile of money in IRAs that's never been taxed before, and then money that's, that's after tax. <clears throat> Excuse me, and you decide you want to go buy a car. Which pile of money are you going to use? You're going to use the money that's least taxing to you, correct? Absolutely. So you're going to let that t- IRA continue to defer. So money comes out of IRAs three times in life, when you run out of the tax-advantaged money first. Second, when you're, over, when you're 70 and a half or over, when you're forced to take money out. And then third, when you pass. Those are the only three times, really, that money comes out of those retirement accounts. You know, so, so understand the rules on the distribution. As a matter of fact, that's what we teach in our, in our uh, retirement dinner class. We, we're going to be rolling those out again here in the fall. Stay tuned for those. But we go over the different ways, the lifetime tax advantage stretch IRA, the required minimum distribution, how to, how to make it more tax efficient for yourself during retirement years as well as your heirs during retirement uh, uh, when, you, when you pass and pass those dollars on, too. It's probably a mistake, but I've heard also where you can borrow against some of these funds if you need to. Like the- No, you cannot borrow against an IRA. No, just like a 401k. Those are the only things that you could borrow against, right? Uh, if the money's in a 401k, you can borrow against that, but you cannot borrow against an IRA. I if you if you have money in an IRA, you cannot borrow against it's it. It's just stuck there until it's time to take it out. Well, it's your money. You can take it out whenever you want. But you, know, you, you can also take it out before 59 and a half, but if you do, there's a, there's a 10% penalty. Right. But you can avoid that 10% penalty by taking what's called a... a um, uh, substantially equal periodic payment. In other words, let's suppose you decide you're, let's say you're 57 years old and you want to take some money out of your IRA. Well, you if you say, hey, I'm going to take it, there's a formula and there's three different uh, amounts that you can take out. Let's just do simple math and say you want to take out 20 grand a year and you, you, you do the formula and it says, okay, you can take out 20,000 a year. You can take that out, but you have to continue those payments for a period of five years or to 59 and a half, whichever's longer. That way you'll only have to pay income taxes on it and you can avoid the 10% tax penalty. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Um, there's three different methods, uh, three different formulas that you can look at doing and you can make a one-time adjustment always up but not but not down. Okay. So, and then if you, you skip one of those years and, and the money doesn't have to come out annually or monthly, it just has to come out, you know, whatever it is in the full calendar year. If you skip it, then, then you have to go back and retroactively t- pay the 10% tax penalty and all this stuff. And it gets kind of nasty and sticky and 
lots of calculations, but understand the rules of engagement in IRAs. Um, again, they're very, very great. <laughs> they're wonderful vehicles, uh, the IRA, you know, individual retirement arrangements. Um, but understanding the rules are a little bit complicated uh, and complex in some situations. So it's important to really understand them, but they can work very, very well for you. Let's let's welcome uh, Latanya on the line. Good morning, Latanya. How are you this morning? I'm great. How are you, Larry? I'm wonderful. How can I help you? Yes, I have a question. I am a current fellow employee, and I have some question about the open season life insurance. Okay. And also, I know there's a, like a reduction, 60, I think it's zero, 50, and 75 percent, and it's age-based. Could you I'm trying to explain how this, that works when you retire? Sure. When you retire? Well, yes, when you retire, you get to keep your option A, I believe, which is one times your salary. Um, the option B, you have to pay for. But the option A, uh, you'll you'll end up reducing your benefits down to 25% by the age 68, or you can pay to have them remain at 100% or 75%. So there's a free charge or there's a free amount that will reduce it all the way down to 25% of your benefit or you can pay and have some of it remain at 75 or 100% of the benefit. Yeah, and so so also, you know, do you have before you retire, do you have option B which is the um, multiple of your salary? Actually, I'm getting ready to open that up. I'm in 50 and I know it's age-based and it actually decreases or it's more actually. Um, well, it is, Latanya, and here's, here's the story on your option B. It's a multiple of your salary up to five times, and it's sort of like on a five-year increasing cost basis. You know, it, it, it's, it's a, it goes up every five years with your age bands every five years. It may be less expensive for you to look at a, a, at a private insurance, if you're eligible for it, or on a 20-year policy. It'll be a little bit more expensive for the first couple of years, but then after that it should be less expensive and lock in for 20 years. That way you won't have to deal with the rate increases because who knows what you're gonna, your situation is going to be like when you're 55 and 60 and 65 and 70. Do you still need this insurance or not? Do you see what I mean? Yes, 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 yes. So, okay. yeah, so if you wanted to, you can simply go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and I have a term shopper right there on the first page. And you can pull down, put your information in. Yep, it's just go to LarryRosenthal.com. It's a term shopper, and it'll be right there for you to uh, to pull it up. And you can compare your rates with the Fegley Option B as well as, you know, dozens of different insurance companies right there. Well, Larry, we've been having so much fun with the radio program. It's almost out of time, and, you know, we've got to go mow our lawns. I mean, you know, you've got to do that on the weekends, right? you still got that to do. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. Just be careful. It's hot out there today, Chris. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So, yeah. Well, you know, we never got to the email bag today with all the calls and, and uh, subjects and things that we went over. So that's a good thing. Uh, remember, you can go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and shoot me off an email. I'll be happy to, to read your questions live on the air here. In addition to that, if you want, you can just ask for some of the information on the subjects that we talked about and be happy to send that information out to you as well. Or you can give our office a call at 855-ROSE-123 during the week. So for Bob in the back and Chris McKay, I'm Larry Rosenthal. Have a wonderful week, and we'll be back next Saturday on the 22nd with another session of Making Money Sense, the Larry Rosenthal Show.
105.1 FM, WAVA. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.